Don't leave. Don't leave. That's me. That's my music. That's the new music for the We Tackle Life podcast. Probably only today. Uh, I don't know. I just happened upon it, and I thought, yeah, that sounds good for today. <laughs> I thought I'd vary it up. I'm recording today's We Tackle Life podcast, March the 21st edition, from the home studio, not from the radio studio. So I could get the NFL Films music here. Just thought I'd vary it up a little bit. I was kind of in a rock mood. And not a rock-throwing mood, although there are people in Cleveland who are in that kind of mood. And Columbus, because of Ohio State's loss to Villanova in the NCAA basketball tournament. That would account for the rock-throwing mood in Columbus. And because of Deshaun Watson now being a Cleveland Brown, that accounts for the rock-throwing mood among some Browns fans. So, we'll tackle both today because that's what we do. We tackle life here on the We Tackle Life podcast. Glad to have you along. And... I want to remind you, as I always do, that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is the place to get the best coffee and to do great things with the money that you are buying the coffee with. Because Paul at Hemisphere buys his coffee direct from growers around the world. And then those growers can not only further the local economies where they are, Indonesia, Thailand, Nicaragua, Ethiopia, but they also plug into ministry efforts around the world. As Paul gained his coffee connections through his work in ministry, through missionary work, and it's a great, great, great endeavor that he is engaged in. And so we hope that it continues, and we hope you can continue it. And it's not like you don't get anything out of it. You're getting great coffee out of it. So uh, enjoy your Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee and uh, continue to patronize them with the promo code we tackle life in all caps. We tackle life in all caps. And that will get you 15% off. Thanks to Paul, Grace, Andy, and all the fine people at Hemisphere. Again, order HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Cocal chocolate, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, all the frees you want. Not free to you, but pretty close to free when you use that promo code. We tackle life in all caps and get yourself 15% off. All right, let's dive in, first of all, to the Ohio State basketball loss to Villanova. Yes, I know it's painful. This was a team that we thought, with a bunch of seniors, a bunch of experience, a bunch of talent, would certainly be the first Chris Holtman team to reach the Sweet 16. It did not. It failed to maintain its momentum from beating Duke when Duke was number one, from beating Wisconsin before we knew how good Wisconsin was. And the team tantalized us with a pretty good Big Ten season, but it kept suffering the occasional, inexplicable, mind-numbing loss to an inferior team, like at Maryland, like home against Nebraska. Those kinds of losses made it hard to believe that this team would deliver on our fondest expectations for them. Injuries also played into that. Kyle Young had concussion issues, reappeared during the Villanova game, which we will talk about. Seth Towns back, Justice Suing's abdomen, Michi Johnson had an ankle, on and on and on. So that didn't help them any. They were counting on Justice Suing being the kind of matchup that gave Ohio State trouble from myriad Villanova players on Sunday. The thing I notice about Villanova and Jay Wright is that he clearly knows what kind of player he's looking for in recruiting and he recruits that kind of player. The Villanova DNA is a versatile player who may not fit the classic example of what a shooting guard looks like or what a wing looks like or even what a center looks like. But they can all put the ball on the floor. They can all post up low. They can all shoot the three. And they can all defend. So if you're going to dissect 
the Villanova basketball DNA, that's what it is. And you say, well, what Coach Bruce in their right mind would not want a team like that? Well, I'm not saying Chris Holtman doesn't want a team like that, but I'm saying that the Ohio State Buckeyes, because of some guys not panning out like you thought they would, Alonzo Gaffney, some guys not sticking around like you thought they would, DJ Carton, well, you expect, you envision, but reality doesn't always match that. So what I would say is that the Buckeyes were pretty much a bit of an island of misfit toys, right? They kind of look like a team of hand-me-downs. Nice-looking hand-me-downs, but hand-me-downs. Jamari Wheeler is a hand-me-down from Penn State. Joey Brunk from Butler in Indiana. Cedric Russell from Louisiana. And you grab guys to take the place of guys who you lost for whatever reason. I left out Dwayne Washington. He left to go to the NBA. I don't think we thought Dwayne Washington was going to leave and go to the NBA, but then he got an invite to the NBA scouting combine, and then you knew he was gone because he came to Ohio State to get to the NBA. Yes, I know we're supposed to be happy for him that he got to the NBA. I'd be thrilled for him if he got to the NBA after this season, but I'm not so thrilled that he's already in the NBA when we needed him to be out there shooting and making threes for us. So Villanova's basketball DNA pretty clearly defined. Ohio State's basketball DNA, yet to be defined. And that, I think, is a little puzzling. One of those things that five years into a coach's regime, you would say, you haven't gotten around to defining your basketball DNA yet? Who you are, what you are, what you hang your hat on? But I've observed the five years, and I understand and don't have any issue with the way things have developed. They overachieved wildly Holtman's first two years, way overachieved. We'll never know what they could have been in year three. A lot of teams thought they could do very well in the NCAA tournament. Canceled by COVID. We'll never know. Last year, obviously a very good basketball team, a number two seed. They don't just give those out to anybody. They got beat. In the first round, do I need to go back over it again? Oral Roberts couldn't guard the ball screen. But Kyle Young was out. Whatever. I mean, things happen. And then Kyle Young against Villanova. Who knows how the last 751 turns out if Kyle Young doesn't get hurt. My guess is it really doesn't turn out any differently. But it might have. So those are the kinds of things I mean when I say if you've lived through the moments with this basketball team, over the last five years, you don't have as many questions as many people seem to have now five years in where they sit back, cherry pick, and go, well, you haven't been to the Sweet 16. Well, you don't have a basketball DNA. Your recruiting class that everybody thought was fantastic with Liddell and Gaffney and Carton and Washington and Muhammad fell apart. <coughs> Maybe Muhammad and Washington were a year ahead of that. I think they were. But anyway, it fell apart. Right? Was Ibrahima Diallo a part of that class? I lose track. All I know is not many of those guys are still here. So I'll give them a break. I'm not one of these, you know, people that are like, Holtman's got to go. That's crazy to me. He's done a really good job. Has he done a great job? Two years in, I would have said, yeah, he's done a great job. Three years in, I would have said he done a, he's done a great job. Three and three-quarter years in, I would have said he's done a great job. The Oral Roberts loss, eh, not ideal, but I don't ever fire a guy for one game, and it's dumb to even consider firing him. 
with the recruiting class that he has coming in and the fact that it takes a while to dig out of some of the things that had set in here, establish yourself nationally as a guy who can walk into a building when some other coaches from other uh, higher-profile programs are in there. I don't know that Ohio State can recruit successfully against Duke, Kansas, and others. They got a better chance now because they can pay guys like the programs that were always paying guys in the past and never bearing a cost for it. <laughs> Louisville, <laughs> Kansas, <laughs> and others. <laughs> so that's where I sit with Ohio State basketball. But do I want them to figure out a basketball DNA? Yes, I do. And maybe they can do it with this incoming class. Roddy Gale, Bryce Sensiball, um, the point guard whose name I can't remember right now from Atlanta, Bruce Thornton. So we'll see. It is not fun for me to sit and watch Gabe Cups of Centerville prove himself to be exactly the kind of hard-nosed four-year player you dream of having in your program. He's like he's like another Aaron Kraft, only he can score. And Gabe Cups is not only not going to Ohio State, but he's going to the name that shall never be mentioned in college basketball. Starts with an I, ends with an A. In between is Niana. So... That bugs me. Uh, but there's a kid at the uh, state tournament over the weekend who's going to Illinois, Sincere Harris, St. V. Nice player. I don't care that he's going to Illinois. I can't believe there aren't 50 guys in Chicago as good as Sincere Harris. Um, maybe I saw him on a bad day. St. Uh, v has a big guy. There are a lot of big guys, in underclass big guys in the state of Ohio. We got Austin Parks coming in from St. Mary's after next season. He's a high school senior a year from now. I'm intrigued by Dalen Swain from Afrocentric. 6'8, little skinny for my taste, but boy, is he active defensively and he's got a great handle. He's a guard in college. Devin Royal, eh, fantastic in the state title game. Big 10, does the game translate to Big 10? Don't know. Maybe. Not saying no. Not saying sure. Not saying I'm absolutely sure. I tell you right now, I'd give up my Gabe Cups obsession if Sonny Styles was coming to Ohio State to play point guard. Oh, perish the thought, Bruce. Sonny Styles is a safety. Sonny Styles is going to be the guy across the middle that nobody wants to mess with. Oh, I don't doubt that. I'm just saying, when I saw Sonny Styles play basketball, how calm he is, how intuitive he is, what a great passer, rebounder, defender, winner. I just saw Quinn Buckner come to life in purple and white. That might be too dated for some of you out there. For some, it's not. But, man, Sonny Styles could play point guard for my college basketball team. You better believe he could. Wow, is he athletic, and wow, is he big, and wow, did I like that kid. So, I think Ohio State basketball is in good shape. I don't know that I can say that it's in fantastic shape. You got to see if these guys can play who are coming in. Is Malachi Branham staying or is Malachi Branham leaving? Malachi Branham, halfway through the Villanova game, you'd say, well, he's coming back. Now, mm, he put on a show in the second half. Is somebody going to get in his ear, his parents' ear? Don't know. Wouldn't doubt it. Weird things happen at this time of year. 
if he sticks his toe in the water, that would frighten me. If he says, you know what, I had a really good freshman year, but I want to come back. I want to be an All-American. I want to be a surefire lottery pick. I'm coming back to Ohio State. That would that would help me sleep better at night. That is exactly what it would help me do. It would help me sleep better at night. And I guess I'm pretty sure it would help Holtman sleep better at night too because they'll be in scramble mode if Malachi Branham does not come back. Okay. What else from the state tournament? Officiating's terrible. It's terrible. Basketball officiating's terrible. Big Ten basketball officiating is terrible. High school basketball officiating in the state of Ohio is horrendous. It just is. It might not be horrendous on Friday night in the OCC, Friday night in the Three Rivers Conference, Friday night in the Columbus Catholic League. It might be fine. But the way the game is called, or rather not called, at the state tournament is abysmal and does not give the state's best teams a chance to show why they are the best teams in the state. Everything is let go. Very few violations are called on ball handling, palming the ball three seconds, traveling. Very few fouls are called. And I know exactly, I know exactly what the strategy is of the officials. They go in and they look at a box score after a game, and there was one of the box scores yesterday. It was just an absolute brawl out there. One team clearly more physical than another benefited from it. One team less physical than the other clearly deterred by it, limited by it. And the officials go in the locker room after the game, and they look at the box score, and they go, oh, look at this. Ten fouls on Team A, ten fouls on Team B. Look at this. Six for ten from the line for Team A. Six for ten from the line for Team B. Great job, fellas. Nobody can say we didn't have an impact on that, or we had an impact on that game because the fouls are exactly the same and the free throws are exactly the same. Look at us. We are above reproach. Well, sure, the numbers make it look that way. But the game made it look like you were the only three guys in the whole place who weren't watching a basketball game. Because if you were watching a basketball game, you would have blown that little silver thing hanging around your neck. But they don't, and they're ruining the game because of it. The fans hate it, and I get pushback when I say it because people go, oh, this is why people don't officiate in Ohio, because people like you are critical of officials, and parents are critical of officials, and fans are critical of officials, and so nobody wants to officiate. Well, I would say three words to that. Toughen up, Buttercup. If you want to official, if you want to be an official, criticism comes with it. It's like a radio host in stripes, okay? You're going to get criticized. Sorry, I'm not sorry. You're getting paid, and when you get paid for something, guess what? Guess what? You're a professional, so they expect you to do a professional job. Not an NBA professional, an officiating professional, which means when there's contact and two people crash land at your feet, you actually blow air through that whistle and call something. Call something. Don't stand there and lift your arms from your elbows to your tip your fingers, like up, 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 up. I see nothing. See nothing, hear nothing, say nothing, call nothing. That's what Ohio high school officials do in a state tournament. It's rotten, rotten basketball. Rotten, I said. There. No, I'm not over it. But anyway, that's what it is. Okay. Now we move on to... <laughs> I may need an attorney after that rant. No, I didn't name names, but I could. Uh, if you need an attorney, Willis Spangler Starling is the attorney that you need. They are phenomenal. Located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, they will do 
a great job for you with integrity that won't embarrass you, compromise your character or your reputation in any way. But they also aren't pushovers. They're amazing. And if you have an employment law case, if you have a workers' comp case, personal injury case, wills, estate planning, probate, all the typical biggies in the legal profession, um, you want Willis Spangler Starling. Their firm is expanding. Their firm is expanding because they're really good. I vouch for the partners 100%. They handle all my stuff. So if they're the people that I select, why would I not recommend them to you? Willis Spangler Starling is online at willisattorneys.com. Willisattorneys.com. W-I-L-L-I-S. Attorneys with an S. Dot com. Okay. Deshaun Watson is a Cleveland Brown. And this happened while I was at the state tournament, so I got to watch the reaction of fans and sports writers and all this. Okay. Deshaun Watson is not going to be criminally charged for allegations that he uh, sexually harassed or uh, violated in some way, shape, or form 22 women who gave him massages. Okay. He does face a likely civil case. The Browns were thought to not be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They basically paid him enough money that he decided he wanted to play for them. Now, a couple levels to this. Number one, let's just tackle the off-field stuff. All the angst you hear about, oh, I'm never rooting for the Browns again. Ah, oh, I can't believe they went after Deshaun Watson. Oh, I'm thoroughly disgusted. Okay, I heard all that when Ben Roethlisberger was involved in the Lake Tahoe stuff. I heard all of it from Steeler fans. Did I imagine or dream Ben Roethlisberger being feted like a conquering hero as he played his final games in the NFL this season? I don't think I imagined that. Once a guy gets in uniform and throws a touchdown pass and your team starts winning, Deshaun Watson will become popular. And anybody who says, well, I can't root for the Browns because of Deshaun Watson, you will be summarily dismissed as a kook and a lunatic. I don't criticize you for having that viewpoint. I'm just going to say, rare is the person who will stick with that. I think I would stick with that if that's my position, but I gave up on the Browns a long time ago because in this regard, I gave up on them. When I say I gave up on them, I mean I gave up on them being a, an organization that would say, no, our hands are too clean for this player. Because, because, did they not have Kareem Hunt? <laughs> Kareem Hunt? What? What is your hang-up? With Deshaun Watson, that is not your hang-up with Kareem Hunt. Like, it's okay to hit one woman, but it's not okay to abuse 22. What's your over-under on how many women you can abuse, harass, whatever? Is it, what, four and a half? You get to five, I'm dead. you're dead to me, but four is okay. Is it, I'm not going to put up with that from a backup? or a special teamer, but I'll put up with that from a starter or a particular pro bowler. So I just find the whole like conversation about the Sean Watson to a be a premature conversation. If fans don't buy into him, if he gets the Browns off to a 10 and three start, well then I'll believe that football fans in Cleveland really do genuinely care about a player's off field behavior. But I seem to remember Help me, Karnak. Help me, Karnak. Um, Browns player who was repeatedly in trouble with both the law and the NFL. And Bruce said, wash your hands of this guy a hundred times before they finally did. And every time he said it, people went, 
Oh, but what if he goes somewhere else and he plays great? Who is Josh Gordon? Who is Josh Gordon? Okay, I've lived that. Josh Gordon was a drug addict who showed no personal will and determination to kick his habit. He's gotten a million chances since he left the Browns. And when he was with the Browns, he was supposedly one, two, three strikes are out twice. And he kept coming back. Now he's with the Seahawks. Now he's with the Chiefs. Now he's with the Patriots. I mean, come on. The NFL is the league that does not care. I hearken back to my old pal, Mr. Chris Spielman, my longtime radio partner, my friend, my former podcast compatriot, who used to say that talent trumps baggage. If you have enough talent, the amount of your baggage does not matter. And with the Cleveland Browns, Josh Gordon had talent, Kareem Hunt has talent, and Deshaun Watson has talent. And so he is your quarterback, and I just don't believe that there will be very many fans at all who next year, if the Browns are rolling toward a Super Bowl, will scoff and say, no thanks, not for me. I'm done with you, Deshaun Watson. Maybe they will. If so, then you have a consistent position. If not, you don't have a consistent position. Okay. In the faith portion of the podcast today, I... Uh, I want to start with two things. Uh, the Leah Thomas swimming thing in Atlanta at the NCAA Swimming Championships and former Buckeye Harry Miller's appearance on the Today Show. Harry Miller has medically retired from college football because he uh, really struggles with uh, his mental health, telling Coach Day before last season, Ryan Day, that he wanted to or had contemplated suicide. Now, you can only imagine how this made Ryan Day feel because Ryan tragically lost his own father to suicide. So Harry Miller played last season. Ohio State got him, I'm sure, the very best of care. Uh, He appeared on the Today Show today, and I was really uncomfortable watching it because Harry Miller, to me, felt like, I'm not a psychologist, but I was just uncomfortable watching it because while he is being lauded for being, you know, uh, in a good place, He did not come off to me as if he is totally at peace with his life, as it is. And we hear a lot about mental health now, and I think that's fine. But what we never hear when we hear the Harry Miller story or when we see somebody like Leah Thomas, who's clearly um, confused about their um, sex when you're born a man and you think you're a woman and you convince people you're a woman because you say you're a woman and you're swimming against women and you're using women's locker rooms, you've got some disconnect between your biological reality and your uh, psychological uh, belief. We never have the part of the conversation, well, why are these kids so unhappy? Why are these kids so confused? And for me, as a man of faith, there's a lot in the book of Proverbs about discipline, about discipline. Uh, There's a verse in Proverbs, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. That's Proverbs 1. I think it's Proverbs 1.9. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Discipline's a bad word now. You don't dare impose discipline. You don't dare tell someone that you uh, are wrong on this, your thoughts are wrong on this, your priorities are wrong on this, 
No, I'm not going to allow you to do what you don't want to do. Yes, I am going to force you to hold up to a certain standard. Yes, I am going to tell you the truth about your biological reality. That's, that's looked upon as intruding on people's individuality. That's the view of the world, and that's what uh, many people will say, and many people will label you as hateful or intolerant or divisive if you insist that discipline is good. Well, I am someone who has experienced discipline that I didn't care for, but I know that discipline is good for me, and I know that God's discipline is good for me, and I know that my father's discipline was good for me, even though I don't like it when God does it sometimes, and I didn't like it when my dad did it at times, but I realized I needed it, and I realized that it serves me well, because as I dig into Proverbs and more books of the Bible, I realize that it's biblical, that discipline is necessary. Guardrails are necessary. Parameters are necessary limitations are necessary. You cannot allow a child to make the call on consequential matters in their life, or you will have an unhappy child. Another verse in Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A lot of people walk away from the faith who were raised in the faith. They walk away from it, but they have been schooled, trained, yes, disciplined, that that guardrail in their life is good for them. They may jump over the guardrail. They may plow through the guardrail and plunge down the mountain of life. And oftentimes when they're picking up the pieces of their wreckage later on, they return to the faith because that seed has been planted, as I've said many times, eternity has been planted in every human heart. And so the Harry Millers, the Leah Thomases, the myriad children who uh, are told to live to their authentic self and to, we're going to celebrate you and all this stuff, we're not helping them doing that. We're hurting them. We're allowing them to self-harm. Guardrails are important. Limitations are important. And in our world today, we don't have much value that we place on those kinds of limitations. And we see entire countries that are out of control, entire cultures that are out of control, entire um, societies out of control. So in addition to reading Proverbs, I have been uh, trying to read five Psalms per day because I've never really drawn much out of the book of Psalms. Occasionally I've read a psalm here and there, but I thought I needed to make a disciplined study of the book of Psalms. And as I read Psalms, I'm amazed how much wisdom and insight there is in the Psalms from David, the father of Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs. And here's a verse that jumped out at me about this contentious, confusing, volatile time we're in where nations are invading other nations and we're trying to decide what we should do as a country. And it gets very depressing when I see people dishonoring the sovereignty of God, the authority of God, mocking God's creation, whether it's the creation of a man or a woman or, you know, worshiping the climate instead of worshiping the God who created the climate. And I read this verse and it just made me think about where we are and it made me, it calmed me knowing that While our society and our culture does not acknowledge God or esteem God, 
that doesn't change the fact that God is in control and God will be proven the ultimate authority. His majesty, his power, his holiness will be defended ultimately. And I do not look forward to his wrath toward those who mock him. I really dread that for those who don't accept the free gift of his salvation and restoration through his son Jesus. But here's the verse. It comes from the book of Psalms and chapter 10. And it says in verse 15, The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. And skipping ahead to Proverb uh, to Psalm 10, verse 16. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed in order that man of the earth may terrify no more. There will be a day when all the rancor and rebellion that is walked out in this world in days against God will be eradicated. And there is time for those who are doing that now to repent. And those of us who have repented and who have experienced that peace and live it every day, uh, it is incumbent upon us to model it in such a way that people want it to pray for them so they can understand and accept them. And with that, I will leave you this edition of the Week Back Life podcast. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Try to be more disciplined this week and get you one on Wednesday and Friday as well. Thanks for listening. Patronize our sponsors, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, Willis Spangler Starling, and our friends at AUIInfo.com. Great free advice and analysis on health insurance and other matters of importance or your business, auinfo.com. Have a great day.